Holy Gospel according to John. Glory, Glory to, to you, you O Lord. Lord. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to Peter, One who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For Jesus knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, he put on his robe, and he returned to the table. He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you should also do what I have done to you. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Don't touch me, words perhaps said in the aftermath of a lover's spat or an unwanted advance, or in a time of pandemic, a cautious cue that invites a bow or a wave or a smile rather than a hug or handshake. Now we're not so sure about touching someone, sadly to say. Touch, though, is central to Jesus' ministry. Jesus lays his hands on people to heal them. Jesus takes people in his, Jesus takes children in his arms to bless them. And Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Touch is at the core of our sacramental community as well. The laying on of hands, the greeting of peace, baptizing in water, eating and drinking at the table, the cross on the forehead, and the washing of feet. Last Sunday in our Life Together course, for those preparing for baptism or affirmation of baptism, 
someone asked me, what does Mandi mean? Now, another person who was actually one of the leaders admitted that as a child, she thought the day was called Monday Thursday. Strange as that seemed, and it wasn't until she was 30 that she realized it was actually Maundy Thursday. Maundy is from the Latin mandatum, which means command or mandate. Now, though many people think Jesus' Last Supper is the main ritual of this service, it is Jesus' commandment to love one another that we heard in tonight's gospel that is primary. Maybe the washing of feet is a kind of last bath, if you will. We partake of the bodily ritual of foot washing, trusting that what we do with our bodies will form the attitudes and the practices of our everyday lives. Of course, Peter doesn't want any part of it. Don't touch me! Peter tells Jesus, I should be washing your feet. You have it all wrong. Now remember that in John's gospel, Jesus is the word made flesh, God among us. As one writer summarizes these three days, Jesus removes the outer robe of his glory, wraps himself in the robe of human flesh, suffers and dies for the sake of the world, reclothes himself with glory and resumes his rightful place in the bosom of his creator. Foot washing is a sign of Jesus' self-emptying for the sake of the world, a self-emptying seen most fully in the cross. Now, we may have different reasons tonight to say, don't touch me. Foot washing is a little weird. I get it. I don't want anybody to see my feet or touch my feet. Yet I invite Hope Challenge you to consider the spiritual practice of getting out of your comfort zone, or at the very least, to reflect on the gift of vulnerability. To allow our feet to be washed puts us in a vulnerable position. For some of us, it's easier to be in control. The one who gives, the one who does, the one who decides. As another writer says, just as baptism inaugurates us into Jesus' ministry of tending and washing the wounds of the world, we too are in need of the ongoing washing of Jesus and the bathing of our weary feet if we are to have the strength, the compassion, the spirit to continue that ministry in the world. Throughout these three days, we hold intention terror and beauty, as we heard on Sunday. We hold together darkness and light, sorrow and love, life and death. Even in the face of impending death, Jesus shows us the paradox of our faith. The master becomes the servant. We find our lives by losing them, 
strength comes from vulnerability. We will mark Jesus' death these three days, and we will celebrate the new birth of baptism, baptizing two of our community by immersion on Saturday night. Birth and death are two of life's most intimate moments in which we experience touch and vulnerability. In a book called Honoring the Body, there is a beautiful story of a woman named Kay giving her mother Thelma her last bath. Thelma is dying of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now Kay remembers as a child sitting on the bathroom floor each night, talking with her mother as Thelma had her nighttime bath. They would converse about the events of the day in an unhurried fashion. And Thelma would listen and comment as she would swish water over her arms, wring out her washcloth, close her eyes, and scrub her face until it was pink. Kay watched her mother carefully as Thelma dried herself off and smoothed on face cream. Later, Kay would imitate her mother's gesture as she washed her own body. Now that Thelma is dying, Kay continues to study her mother's body as if it were the most sacred of texts. For now, Thelma is teaching Kay how to eventually die. So when it comes time for the last bath, Kay and her sister help Thelma sit up on the side of her bed. Then the vomiting begins, draining Thelma's life and her last bit of strength. But Thelma quietly tells her daughter how to draw the bath, showing with her hands how deep the water should be. Thelma then shuffles to the bathroom. Kay and her sister undress her, and Thelma grips the bar her husband had installed while Kay stands by, ready to, ready to catch her mother in case she falls. And then, with loving touch, Kay and her sister lower the precious body that Kay had looked at and loved and memorized into the bath water. And they give Thelma a little plastic cup as she had requested so she could lift a cup of water and pour it over her back and then her neck and then her throat. Kay notices that the water sounds like baptism, holy, quiet, small splashes. Thelma's quiet sighs of pleasure are matched only by the sobs rising from inside Kay as tears fall into her mother's last bath. Kay gazes upon her mother's dying body with eyes of love, 
honoring the holiness of the moment, honoring the holiness of the body itself. This does not mean that Kay's heart is not breaking or that it is unbearable to hold her mother as she vomits, to watch helplessly as Thelma struggles to swallow even one sip of water. This does not mean that Kay does not hate the death her mother is dying. It means that when her mother pours water over her throat and neck, Kay can hear the echoes of the waters of her mother's baptism and the dignity of each and every body created in the image of God. As we wash each other's feet, as we journey to the cross and to the healing waters of resurrection, may God touch us. And may God bathe us anew in a love that is stronger than death.